Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello listeners of Lower Your Expectations. Welcome to a very special episode. I feel like we're getting used to saying a very special episode <laughs> because we have a very special guest, Mr. Greg James. Yeah, thanks. How are you doing? I'm really good. Really, I'm happy to be on the podcast. Also, gotta say, great name for a podcast. Thank you. It, it's very appropriate, mm. to be fair. I hope you don't have any expectations for this because... No, like a name that sort of... Sets the tone. It does. It, from the yeah, get-go. It lit- <laughs> this one literally loads your expectations, yeah. and so anything is a bonus. I think that's good. I Would- should also add in, we are recording in a complete different location for Matt and I, so... This is the coolest one, isn't it? This is the very studio that we did our first proper pilot for the new breakfast show in today. Wow. You can probably, if you listen carefully, you can probably still hear the laughter echoing around. <laughs> <laughs> you are the new host. I am the new host from Monday. From half an hour half after an this hour, is yeah. released. So this is going to be broadcast, this is going to be put up simultaneously to my new breakfast <laughs> show. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm up against myself already. The stiffest competition I've ever faced. But it's happening on Monday and mm-hmm. I've, I've sort of been in the office. It's now 20 past four in the afternoon. We got in at five this morning and I've been, We've been working on it all day. So you really. got in at 5am this morning. Is that yeah. when you did, did you do the trial run through at 5am? No, we did it at half six. So okay. we, we ran the okay. morning as we'd run it and we were like, we were live, well, pretend live on at 6.30 and we yeah. ran the whole show. It was good, but it was missing a vital ingredient, which is the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't quite feel as special as it went on Monday, but I'm excited. Bit more adrenaline Monday. I hope so. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, because you've obviously got a lot of experience. Do you think it's going to be that much different? You know, like if it was someone new coming into the mm. job, it's obviously, oh my God, what's going on? But you've obviously got a ton of experience. I think that's the nice thing about me getting this show now. I've been on Radio 1 for 10 years, which is unbelievable, really. I never thought that would happen. And I feel like I've served my apprenticeship and I feel like I have gained loads of skills and made loads of mistakes and got lots of knowledge and sort of gone through starting new shows that actually... I feel like I'm perfectly placed to take on a big show like this because you, you can't just sort of walk in the breakfast show and just sort of do it. Oh, you can't wing it for I, sure. I think you've got to have some sort of, I sort of get Radio 1, I understand it, I've mm-hmm. sort of studied it for such a long time and I feel that I'm ready to do it. But yeah, it will be, the show will be different, there'll be lots of new stuff in it, and but I'll still be there, which is, <laughs> which is not necessarily that different. But I'll be doing, picking up where we left off on the afternoon show, but mm-hmm. really pushing it on and seeing where we can take it to. How do you come up with new segments? Like, do you trial it or anything like that or is it just like a written like a note to be like right i'm going to do this on live without yeah. actually testing it a variety of ways i've got a really amazing team of people who work with me and we just come up with stuff so we'll watch everything like you will just naturally just watch the world watch everything that happens online and listen to everything and just react to stuff and i think that's what the show is going to be about it's we'll get in early and like just take get a feel of what's going on and then work out what our twist on that stuff is i always carry a little my little red card oh i love that with oh. me so i can send people off <laughs> but it's my red notebook of of stuff of ideas so whenever there's thoughts. a thing that you see or you read or you're like oh 
how about we look at that later and make that into a feature or whatever? How would that work? Because for example, like in the YouTube world, if we think of a new trend or we want to, we think something's going to be great, we kind of just trial it mm -hmm. on YouTube and then we get a sense from the audience or how yeah. it's received. And that's kind of like, there's your trial. This is going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. With the radio, do you have a live trial? Do you, this is going to be good, but just going to go for it live? Bit of both. I think if, you, uh, if you're if you on for a long time and you know what you're doing, if you know what you're doing with your platform or you know what you're doing with uh, a TV show, you know what you're doing with a radio show, whatever, you, you have a confidence to, you have an instinct of like, I think this is the sort of thing that might work and I think this is the sort of thing that they might go for. And as long as we've prepared it and thought it through, we would try a few bits out off air and we would maybe run a few bits to see the best way of doing it. But a lot of the bits that we'll do spontaneously will just be off the cuff. And I think that's yeah, what yeah. people like watching and people like listening to. They like seeing a thing develop. What's, what's so nice about YouTube actually is so nice about radio and the similarity in that way of it can just evolve and change over time. Like your first videos will be very different to your latest video oh, or whatever. So that's- I mean, yeah, <laughs> you didn't have to read my first video. But, that, it, but, <laughs> but that, that, that sort of that journey from the little nugget of idea of the idea to the mm -hmm. finished product can be quite can be quite rewarding in itself have you ever brought something to the table that not as backfired that you've then done and you're like oh my god why did i do that because i've definitely done that with youtube yeah <laughs> do you want to go into specifics Marcus? no well, you know people know about that <laughs> there are certainly things that i've done that you wouldn't do again <laughs> so we, we did a we did a feature called greg's sex line Oh, which I is mean, a which is a good I mean it's a good title and it's sort of a good one off. It's essentially really quite innocent is that you get a load of blokes and a load of women on the phone and you go through the lines and you're like, I'm gonna guess man. You go, Hello <laughs> They go, Woman. Hello And you just go through like that and it's and it had a dodgy theme tune which had too many innuendos in it it was a bit mucky mm -hmm. i thought so we didn't do that again in a hurry so yeah I've, there are things that are in the radio graveyard and was this the dream show you wanted like 10 years ago when you walk through the bbc doors are you like one day i want to be doing radio mm. one breakfast show can you give us a backstory into like how did, what was your first job yeah how, yeah how did you progress up what's what yeah was the process? well i started doing hospital radio when i was a kid when i was at school i was a very <laughs> clearly a very cool child <laughs> i decided that I wanted to go and help out with these load of old blokes who were running the hospital radio station in very sweet. where I grew up. Yeah, and I just quite liked radio, and I was always into it. And I was like, I like the jingles, and I like what it sounds fun, and I how is that a job? And I realised it was a job, and I thought maybe that would be a good job to do. So I went to hospital radio and tried out and did some shows there, and I was obviously not very good because I was 15, but I sort of was around all these people that were doing stuff. And then I went to university. I studied English and drama and then did student radio. And I did a load of student radio in at my university in good old Norwich. Yeah. Uh, my sister went there, actually. Yeah. The place that Jim Chapman also went to. Yes. Famous alumni. <laughs> yeah. Um, Synergy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I went there and did loads of student radio and I loved it. And I got involved in every bit of student life. We put on club nights and we would do comedy nights and we'd all this sort of stuff. And I loved it from there. And then Radio One spotted me through student radio, gave me a tryout show to do. And then that was it. They sort of kept in touch and I, cool I dropped the English side of my degree because I was too busy sort of doing so radio. You didn't one finish stuff. your degree? I finished it. I did a drama. I finished it. I did the third year at third of just drama because I was like dad radio one want me to go and do stuff I, I haven't got time to I can't read all this did they respect <laughs> did they respect that like yeah, did they, they were, support that they, were or were they, still they, they got it they knew that, that these this was another one of my passions that I wanted to really pursue so mm -hmm. and it and it paid off and I now 
make sure that they have a lovely, nice, a lovely retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the audio from your first trial show here? I have it at home. Have, has that ever been put on air sort of thing, like reacted uh, right to it? Now. Be, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's been put on air for a long time, but maybe it's worth digging out. I know it's on a CD. Oh, that was, oh, it was 2007. Retro. Classic. 2007 <laughs> classic. classic CD. For your younger listeners or viewers, there's a compact disc which predates MP3. <laughs> and the mini disc which died a death. But yeah, so that was it. And then I got to Radio 1 when I was 21. And um, I've just been working here ever since. And to answer your question, yeah, I think it's the show that you one day hope you'll be considered for and considered good enough for. And I've, I've spent a long time sort of working at it. And it, it feels like the right time to do it. I read an interview of you. I had a little stalk of some sure. stuff before this. <laughs> and I thought your attitude towards it was really nice. Okay. In the sense how you made some comments about previous things, how it was, you know, a bit more rock and roll and stuff. But you want to kind of change that element to it. And I just thought that was really nice and kind of yeah. respectable. Well, I think that I've always loved funny things. I've always loved comedy and comedians and funny stuff and things that have made me laugh. I've never once found a radio show where everyone was pissed that funny and I've always really liked funny stuff I was thinking long and hard about this show and how I don't want this show to be the story if you know mm -hmm. what I mean mm -hmm. I don't necessarily it's deliberately not the Greg James show because I want it to be a bit more inclusive and a bit more about the world. I don't want this show to be the story. Self-centered around yeah, you yeah, necessarily. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. This show I don't want to be like pop culture. I want it to reflect it and welcome it all in and celebrate it and point it out when it's gone badly or like when someone's been an idiot. But I think when you become, when you're sort of in the circus, you can't take the piss out of the circus anymore. And it's sort of, it's true. I, that's my always been my attitude. I always feel like I'm nicely outside everything that you can just have a nice overview mm -hmm. and um, bring the best bits or worst bits of it to the listeners and make them laugh with it. Are you ready for the early mornings again? Because you didn't you, yeah. a while ago you did the early show, That's true, you? yes. And what's the, what's the early show start for? Well, the early show is like, stupidly early. 4am. How long are you getting in beforehand, like prepping it, things like that? Is it an, well, an hour, two hours? That show's different because... It's, it's, that show's more about survival. <laughs> that's like a, stay awake. That's a survival show where you just have to get there and oh, be mate. sort of coherent. Because that, that's the time, you know, when like, I remember when I was younger and you go on a, you go on a family holiday and you've got the, like, the 2 or the 3 a.m. wake up and you're like, come on, guys. Like, I guess it's back to that, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's different every... going on holiday and working. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> different, isn't it? That's the problem with uh, this week. I thought, oh, Monday was fine because I went, oh, it's like I'm going to the airport. Yeah. I never got to the airport. I just ended, no holiday. Up, ended, up, I ended up here. That show was tough. I, when I started, I, I did that show and it was 4 a.m. till 6.30. So I was getting in for about quarter past three, half past three. By the end of it, five to four and then this show i think oh, there's look there's worse jobs to be getting up for at five o'clock i yep. think i managed to get up at 10 to 5 roll into the cab get here for half five we'll be all good my friend works for good morning britain and he starts <gasps> he gets up at two no because yeah. he said apparently there's a debate in their office where do you nap or do you go to bed at six seven o'clock yeah evening? i did my day in two halves when i had to get up at two you just are a zombie yeah you're, <laughs> you, i guess you, you're just always catching up on sleep you and then you lose your friends you lose your, <laughs> your love life it sort of crumbles everything's at risk <laughs> I would like to get an opinion from you mm. on the future of radio. Sure. I mean, that's a very hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone turned to you, but like... Too tired for this. <laughs> yeah, go on. You know, how do you see it evolving? Because radio's been around for a very long time. Mm. With the digital age and the internet and stuff like that, I feel like it's put been put more pressure than ever mm -hmm. before. How do you see the future of it evolving? I mean, Radio 1 obviously does stuff across everything now. So it is kind of 
moving with that but yeah. i mean do you have an opinion on the future of it completely one of the reasons why i wanted to take over this show now is because i've got quite a clear vision for what we of the things we should be doing and the people we should be targeting with it a lot of people write about and talk about radio is a dying medium and all the rest of it but actually the statistics don't really show that they show that things are being shared out a bit more evenly that's just how the world is like there's a lot more things to there's a lot more to listen to a lot more to watch a lot more to whatever so you've just got to be smart with it really and my big aim is to address that fear of it's in terminal decline of just by going well there's a lot of people who just simply don't know about it they just don't necessarily know that radio can give you a really great part of your routine and that's quite hard to get to those people but that's where I'm gonna have to aim it made a big impact on my life as a kid and I love certain bits of radio and I remember certain little tiny bits of it I'm like oh my god do you remember when Chris Moyle did this or whatever and I think it's all about capturing those moments again and we should never as a station Radio 1 should never be too arrogant to think that well people will just listen it's yeah. Radio 1 it's the BBC darling <laughs> it's never like it's not like that that's not how the world works you can't if you look at Nike or something they have to keep telling people how good their trainers are yeah. and they're Nike and like McDonald's still put adverts on everywhere because you have to remind people that that stuff's there so I think with Radio 1 the simple quick fix is just to be proactive and talking yeah. about it and be confident and be like you know what you might like this stuff on YouTube you might like this stuff that you go to on Instagram every day you might like the bits that you pick up on Snapchat every day but the radio can also provide you with those sorts of bits of fun and that amazing music and those big guests and all of that kind of stuff and I think the management of often overcomplicated stuff and like well what do 15 year olds like what do they like do they like drake I absolutely like, not. i'm living for your impressions right now <laughs> sorry I, I just always do voices i'm sorry it's so annoying but they always go like well what does a 15 year old do and it's that's quite a dangerous question Ooh. because there's not just one type of 15 year old and yeah. they don't just like one thing and i don't like one thing and you're not one thing you're not one th I, we're all very different so the audience is hopefully larger than just 15 year olds <laughs> as well. yeah, exactly <laughs> but i think only 15 year olds listen <laughs> but i think you can you can pitch stuff that is universal to lots of different age groups and i think you can if i can make people excited about listening to the radio and they'll get something different every day and they'll get something funny and a different spin on everything then i think you can you can start to change habits it doesn't happen overnight but that's my aim really and that's how we're sort of approaching the new show is that i i'm really excited at the prospect of going on a Monday morning with a with a load of people who might have never heard of me or Radio One, but they're just giving it a go. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, well, you've said all this stuff in the press. Well, let's see if you make me laugh, or is this going to be a, an interesting bit of radio? So that's that's how I see the future. I'm just thinking of so many things you said, like even with the added pressure. Like, are you putting pressure on yourself? Mm. No, really, I don't feel any pressure. I feel like I feel very proud of all the shows I've done up to this point. And I feel very happy in my actual life that if it all stopped tomorrow, I would go and do something else. And I just I wouldn't die if I didn't do this job <laughs> or if, you know, if Radio 1 was suddenly switched off on Monday, I'd be sad, but I would I'd be alive. You'd survive. And I think that's it. It's just I want it to be fun and I want to have fun with it and think carefully about it and plan it and all the mm. rest of it. But I don't I'm not heaping pressure on myself because I don't feel like I've got anything else to prove up to this point yeah. I want to prove a load more with the new show and make it but a that's success, more excitement but yeah. than pressure Definitely. isn't it yeah, yeah.
But I think that that's in the preparation, isn't it? If you yeah. were to be winging it, so oh, well, we've got a couple of ideas, but let's just see how it goes <laughs> yeah. on Monday. You probably would be nervous, but yeah. you seem to have like a meticulous approach to your shows. Yeah, well, I think we've had to because we want to just make sure we're doing the best thing we can pull out of all of our brains. That's mm. I think that's basically it. So we've really thought about it and been like grown-ups. It's quite <laughs> quite a change for me. <laughs> but, I, but I do like, I really like it. And also it is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be a fun job. So we should all, yes, we'll be nervous and be feeling some sort of pressure but if I'm not having fun then the listeners certainly won't be so yeah I was about to say with nervous I mean I'm, I'm sure you have been nervous for hosting guests mm-hmm. has there been a time mm-hmm. that you've been most ready yeah. to shit yourself <laughs> <laughs> Attenborough David Attenborough Oh, really? Wow, yeah. yeah. When he, when Absolute I first, icon. Uh, incredible. When I first met him, he came into the studio and w- waiting out in that green room out there, and he was just sat there, looked exactly like David Attenborough. Oh. Just, I just, you know, that's a weird thing, but you like, he looked exactly. I, like I just want to yeah. hug him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just there and being very nice and calm, and but I was a mess because I thought this guy is. He means so much to so many people. Yeah. I just wanted to do it justice. The interview. And that was the main thing in my head. And did you? Were you pr- like? Were you proud when you left that room? Were you like, I nailed it. I it have nailed it. Un- unmitigated disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, and we got him to do. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the video with Adele. We we got him to revoice Adele's new single. So oh. it was like she was coming back into the wild. Oh, it was when she. It was when she came back from um, her sort of first album and our oh, second album, and she came back with this enormous with with Hello. She came back oh, with, and it's that video where she's driving up the the driveway. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, and here's the oh, uh, spotted yeah. Adele back into the wild type thing. So, yeah. <laughs> have you ever felt, have you ever had a guest that sort of, you know, goes a bit wild? <laughs> you think of like Jimmy Kimmel or like Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when Kanye's on. <laughs> Threatened to yeah. just tip over. I saw, yeah. I saw that and I was like, man, Jimmy is like about to lose control of this because Kanye's such a character. Yeah. Is that something that you have to sort of Who deal with? Have? When Ricky Gervais was on the first time, he was pretty live and loose. Uncontrollable. But, I mean, I was finding it. I was finding it funny. My producer at the time was finding it horrendous because it rested with her. Like you know, if it, if it all goes wrong, it's then she's the fault. one who gets in trouble. Weirdly, Mel B was the most troublesome <laughs> guest. <laughs> Brilliant. It was, it was because she was late. You know, when she was on the X Factor and she was the, one of the judges, she brought in her, you know, her contestants, whatever, and they turned up, but she was twenty minutes late. And so I was just chatting to these nobodies for ages. <laughs> Going like, oh, how's singing? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was like, is, uh, is Mel near? This <laughs> is live at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Anyway, she turned up and we muddled through this slightly awkward interview where I didn't really know who they were. And then Mel turned up and then for some reason just said the word friggin. Oh, <laughs> and I went, the northern um, accent. You probably can't. I was like, probably don't. Best not to say that nah. word again. She said, you are friggin. You can say friggin. <laughs> and then went, Friggin, 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 friggin. And then just kept saying it. And I was just there going, Yeah, how? Well, what, what can I do? So I went, I'm not joking. Oh, <laughs> I think the interview's over. Bye. Oh, so I had to sort of end oh, it. So yeah, you do. Is your producer over there just like, <laughs> <laughs> The producer had died. <laughs> but there's a. Very, very rarely do you get someone who's like that. People get it. And that's when we're doing the new show. I think we're going to just make sure that the guests feel happy and comfortable sure. and like it's that they're in on the joke i think mm. and that's i don't want to we're not selling the show on guests necessarily that we are going to have some big guests because they want to come onto radio one and ch- talk about stuff but i think we should treat the guests as much as well as we treat the listeners and yeah. like everyone's kind of equal in that way we want to get them on and do a funny game that's what that's the that's the dream <laughs> 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. YouTube chat <laughs> on YouTube. What do you think about YouTube? We're going to get into it, but you've obviously got this influencer character you create which is <laughs> brilliant but you know what is youtube how do you feel about it youtube has completely changed the world and i have nothing but complete admiration for it as a thing and there are some incredible people who do amazing things on it but much like tv <laughs> or radio or any medium there are shit people There's a on lot it as well. of shit yeah of course so as we mentioned earlier i love taking the piss out of things yeah. life is too short not to find things funny and i find a lot of things on youtube really funny i look at some youtubers who are really young and i despair and i'm thankful that youtube wasn't around when i was 15 because that would have been me and you're just not sometimes you're just not ready to say well, things of course publicly. you're not even when you're 20 and yeah. etc and i feel like big issue in the youtube culture is these younger kids growing up 15 16 17 they have access to this platform and then all of a sudden you know if they blow up they have access to money instantly and mm. this massive responsibility where there's no one there who can really because it's a new medium there isn't anywhere anyone there who can really say look yeah you maybe shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And the only way they sort of learn is by usually fucking up. That yeah. is a problem. And then sometimes the problem is that I've been very lucky that I have producers and I have some amazing people yeah. helping me through stuff. And everyone is better when you've got a few brains on it. Yeah. And you've got like, well, maybe don't say it like that, but reversion the game into this. And actually a lot of YouTube creators would benefit from someone just being like, actually, you've got, uh, you've got something there, but you could just work that up into something a bit funnier. We were saying this the other day, weren't we? I say it all the time. A lot of the biggest channels and platforms in the world get, you know, crazy numbers. But if you were to look at the teams surrounding them, you know, one person, two people, and yeah. a lot of those people are usually yes people. There's no sort of control or structure. And we go back to the Logan Paul thing, but all of that happened because you're just in this immersive world of hype and crazy numbers, crazy money. And yeah, totally. No one's there to just drag you back down and be like, actually, you know what, that's that's not a yeah. good idea. You need people to tell you that you're being awful. You need some people just to say, that is actually terrible and you need to redo that or don't say that because that is offensive and this is why it's offensive. No one's born with the, all the knowledge you need to go through yeah. life. You, you need people to tell you along the way. I've talked to a million people about starting my radio show, all the people that I've come across all, over the years I've been doing radio, all the old bosses I've had, all the old producers I've been like, help me, how can I make it really yeah. good? What would you think, blah, blah, blah. So you need to, you need to look out. Is, and you is... only get better from learning. Like, mm. It's much better to learn in a room of 
small people that you trust than yeah. millions of people <laughs> telling you who maybe much. don't have your best interests sometimes yeah. like the people who don't know you sort of thing. but creatively the internet is an amazing place to create things and i've really embraced certain aspects of it i love doing stuff online i love i've always loved doing little videos and bits and funny whatever's i've always loved that kind of thing i think it's just all about using it wisely and a load of people do and that's brilliant my problem with everything and it goes across the whole media world is when you abuse your position mm -hmm. just to flog shit to yeah. people who sort of worship you and I think that's a real misuse of trust between you and your audience I try very very hard not to just force feed people stuff I'm trying to flog the thing I'm trying to flog is that I do a radio show and it's funny and I want you to come and listen to mm -hmm. it I suppose and I'm lucky in that respect that that is my job but there's got to be a balance of Hi guys, uh, I've just done a lush haul and here's some bath bombs. <laughs> it's a bit like, oh mate, is that, that's not yeah. in the I, least bit entertaining. It's just you opening soap. Yeah. yeah. It I, is I, strange how like kids now, people are becoming YouTubers so young, influencers so young. They were essentially raising a generation of salespeople. That's what it is. It's flogging. It's, just, yeah. it's flogging stuff and it's, it's greed based and fame hungry. And that's what I'm personally just opposed to. I love people being creative and coming up with fun stuff like a prank or a, an interesting yeah. format that you might have done on your chat that's that is great of course that's brilliant you're you're like expanding your brain and your horizon yeah. and trying stuff out but if you're doing it for the ends of i just want to be rich and i want yeah. people to yeah. well of course that's, me, then, that's uh, the worst outset to have on it the only thing i can say in defense to that on their side is i guess that you know like when someone does this thing as a hobby and they're like oh my god i can i can get paid for this that it goes oh straight god. to their head and they're like yeah but another thing I was going to say is a lot of the time a brand is so particular about <laughs> their focus. It's very rare you get a brand that's quite on board to do yeah. fun stuff. So I guess to people who aren't in a position where they can earn advertising revenue off their videos, mm. they're, they're kind of keen to go, yeah, but oh, I, they I, mean, they often... I get it. I, I understand why everyone does everything they do. It's just uh, personally me watching it. I just go, wow, that's... It's so blatant. You're not, you're not even like trying to make a joke out of this. You're literally just just flogging. You're it. just flogging yep. stuff. Some of them should just be called floggers. <laughs> there you go. Coined. I'm Instagram a at floggers. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a YouTube flogger. That's me. If you had a YouTube channel, yeah, which I would have done. I mean, I probably should have done. Got so wrapped up in doing my radio show, but I, I definitely would have done it if I, I mean I sort of did but I started putting all my videos on Radio 1's YouTube when we had Jack Whitehorn he said the exact same thing if he you know was a, a few years younger when he grew up he, th he thinks he would have also started on YouTube and used that yeah. as his platform to sort of well it's an outlet isn't it and yeah. you just need a mobile phone to do it yeah. I yeah, guess certainly. in that respect and, it's, and it is brilliant I, I, um, I think probably I would have done a podcast That's the, yeah. I would have done that as well um, because they are brilliant to learn about it and to mm -hmm. do interviewing techniques and to create little worlds. That was always my favorite thing. I, I probably would have done a YouTube channel, but I definitely have tried to create or recreate that feeling of being in a club of radio listeners with a podcast, mm -hmm. definitely. On YouTube, I don't know, I'm sure you are aware, there's a trend at the moment where everyone is boxing everybody oh. else. <laughs> we literally everyone. joked about this like yeah. a year ago, saying, where is YouTube going? Because I... it was diss tracks. People were making diss tracks about each other, but... It was clearly like the YouTubers doing it. We all knew it was like in on the joke, but then we know the real reason they're doing it. Well, <laughs> cash. Yes, of course. Yeah, of cash. course. I was, was going to say, so those are like trends in the YouTube world. Do you have trends in the radio world, but like you don't like like pet peeves sort of thing? Very good question. I don't don't think I do. There are certain types of radio that I don't like. I don't like a presenter being sort of silenced and 
given 10 seconds to talk every 30 minutes. I think that's a, a waste of a human life, <laughs> really, because there are some incredibly talented people all around the country who are sort of put into a f- tight format. I don't like radio shows where you feel left out. I think that's the other thing. As a listener or as a a presenter? Yeah, as a listener. If you're feeling like you're not part of it or you're not invited or it's like too cool for you, I don't like that. And that's actually something that I do really love about YouTube is that people feel like they are in a community and they're in a community and they're connected to the person they go and watch. And that's very similar actually to radio. Although it might seem like I'm, I take the piss out of everything. That connection you have with your audience is quite similar to the radio in that they come back to you and they Mm. sort of trust what you say on things and they come to you because that you make them happy or whatever so that's really nice and i like that about radio i like the inclusivity of it i don't like it when it's a group of people who think they're funny just trying to out funny each other and it just gets a bit tiresome and actually that's that's when they forget about the listeners i hate the tension in that as well when you know it's like one-upmanship like yeah it's it's (laughs) uncomfortable to just watching people jostling for the the line like but i think radio at its best is when it's um for everybody and for the excuse me there was a small burp i, um, I actually just had one as well at the same time i was just <laughs> burp like, twins oh my, oh, my god. God. <laughs> oh my god we're such burp, burp twins, twins. <laughs> hashtag burp twins oh my god hashtag flogging but i think it's really um it's awful when you hear a show which is just being broadcast like listen to me i'm the best and actually i i prefer shows that allow you to be part of it oh yeah actually just quickly yeah. on that YouTube on that influence thing that I did it was about Borsan cheese yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the joke then became real they reached out to you well, well <laughs> so I, on my Instagram story I just put a really just quick picture of me just eating a whole thing of it I was like this is how I'm going to die because I, <laughs> I love cheese and I was like I'm just going to eat all of this the next day at work or two days later they sent through a cool box full of loads of cheese and so I put it in my fridge and was like oh my god I'm sitting like he's have all this cheese I'm finally an influencer and then I put that on and then obviously loads of people were commenting going I had no idea about this stuff but I'm going to try it now (laughs) so then I saw a report on some advertising website saying we reached out to Greg James who then became I actually became became a real influencer I I actually became the thing that I hate you're the brand ambassador I'm the brand ambassador now I paid fuck all flog it now I get paid anything for it I have to say you influence me I'm not I'm not a man who knows much about cheese and watching that do you uh, like Borsan? <laughs> well, I've never had it. So I'm, now I feel like oh, I've been influenced. God, no, Greg, no, no, you're, no, it you're is changing good. the world. I'm changing the world. <laughs> one cheese at a time. But th- that was it. And I still haven't been paid for it. But I've been paid in cheese. If only I'd have said something like, a, I don't know, Aston Martin or something. Yeah. <laughs> Send me one of them. Yeah. Being a a YouTuber being someone in the social space as it is a new world it's always when you go on a talk show usually you know one of the first things and one of the only things they always talk about is money and it feels like that's all <laughs> and, and we've got to a point you know we're 15 years nearly into YouTube and it's yeah. still being the most questioned thing and I feel I want to ask you because obviously working for the BBC do you ever feel uncomfortable that that's known you know salaries are released things like that because yeah. i never know how to answer the question it just it, it's really <laughs> awkward when people ask you because you're just like well what, I do. what am i meant to say yeah i think it's an unfair question because i think it comes from a place of maybe jealousy for youtubers i mean i get to the bbc bit in a minute but i think it's an unfair question because i think it comes from the wrong place i think it comes yeah. from a place of oh well you don't deserve it comes from a you, you don't deserve that and I think also it comes from a generation of people that don't understand it 
I think that's the other thing. It's yeah. it, it can come across as quite ignorant to ask people that sort of thing because it's like it's quite dismissive. I think you can be dismissive in other ways and not actually sort of go for the jugular. If you know what I mean, I think that's. <laughs> well, it's just mean. become the obvious. It's like yeah. you're, you're going on a talk show. You're rich, aren't you? <laughs> Literally. How big like, your house? How many bedrooms <laughs> you got? It's fair play. You have to work hard at whatever you want to do. And some people were really smart and decided to go big on YouTube and it's paid off for a load of people and that's great. The BBC thing is different and I don't mind being asked about my salary because it's been paid for by me and you and you yeah. and everyone who pays a license fee and I really don't care. I'm not that precious about it. I feel like literally I do a unique job. There's no one else who's the presenter of the Radio and Breakfast show so that should be paid accordingly I do think because it reaches a lot of people and it does a big job for the BBC. I feel like with that bringing it back to the YouTube thing a lot of people from old family members etc if you haven't seen they're like Oh, you earn money from that. Oh, oh, I could do that. And maybe it's a similar thing. They're like, oh, all you do is just talk in a mic to, and yeah. play some songs. Oh, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like you probably do get a bit of that as well. In yeah, that I mean, industry. It's, I don't think that the majority, I would say 99% of the people listening really couldn't care less or just wouldn't bother to even find out how much I'm being paid. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot in terms of the BBC and my age and the job that I do in comparison to people at other radio stations. It's a lot and I feel very lucky and I'm proud that I get that money and I will be I will talk about it openly. What it does make me do is want to work really hard yeah. and justify it. I wouldn't want to see anyone wasting my money and I don't feel like anyone who's listening to my show should feel like I'm wasting it or not giving the best I can give. So that's how I feel about it. It's a good question. It's an un-British question. The whole situation around it is is very un-British and quite taboo. But I'm I'm very comfortable talking about it. You are right. It's a culture thing, and we do struggle to chat about money openly. I think so. Mm. Yeah, thanks for being open. Yeah, and it's all right. Drinks on me. <laughs> <laughs> But now comes the uh, the real big question. Oh my god! The, the real big okay. question. It's uh, Matt. I'll let you explain the segment. The big question yes. is a segment where I oh, she's she's looking <laughs> over she's, she's looking over like oh my god what are they gonna ask? Abby from Radio <laughs> wants to know panicking. how much you're earning after tax. No, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a segment where I go and have a look online and find some things I find interesting. Okay, which is usually a bit off piste. Sure. From that derives a question. Okay. And sure. this week the headline is twenty-four sheds up for the coveted prize to win one thousand pounds in the Shed of the Year Awards. <laughs> is that... I, I, this I, is new to me and as again, well. If the price is right, I will be <laughs> I will be hosting. I'm available to host the Shed of the Year Awards. <laughs> but I would like to show you and for people who are watching on this, I'll put some images on yep. there, but I'll show you. So we got Tudor House. It's, it's a shed. That. It's lovely. It's lovely. That looks a bit like, if you're familiar with London, that looks a bit like um, Swiss Cottage. Yeah, it does. You're driving past I, I was going to say a smaller London. version of Liberties. Oh, Boat Pod. Can you see that? Boat Pod? That's Boat Pod. Does that float? Uh, unclear. Oh, <laughs> so it's like a sort of log cabin with a little, is there a little wood burner in there? It's excessive for a shed. I like that. It's really nice. It looks like a, a very big version of a birdhouse. I think this might be my favourite one, bottle shed. They're all I mean, bottle caps. They're really pushing the limits of sheds here, aren't what? they? So that's, 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 <laughs> that bottle caps in the wall? Yeah. Yes. But they look like pebbles, don't they? It's very bright in that one. Uh, uh, it? yeah. <laughs> it's very bright in sort of art studio space. Well, I think 
the reason they've done this article is because it's impossible this year. No, they can't decide. My question to you guys is, if you were to enter in next year's shed of the year, what would your shed be? Wow. I don't know if I really want to release my How would I your idea? information <laughs> out to the world. Do you know what? I'm a big cricket fan, and I've always loved the idea of being a groundsman. I quite like mowing the grass. So I'd make sure that it was a proper, functional, good old-fashioned garden, garden shed. shed. With potentially a little greenhouse element to the back. Oh, for growing your own sort of plants? And Could grow some yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Got to have something to do in the crickets on, haven't I? <laughs> what I would do, it would be big enough and I would have enough land. This is my, my dream, by the way. My land? <laughs> I would have enough land to have a sit-on lawnmower. So oh, I think yeah, I'd like, okay. that's yeah, my sort classic. of dream. Yeah, if, I, if, if that ever happens to me, I'm like... I've made it. That is it. That is good, it. good luck in London. But <laughs> yeah, if you ever see me driving around Oxford Circus on a sit-on lawnmower, you can go, "A, he's made it," but also he's lost his mind. <laughs> oh man, Marcus, what are you thinking? How to compete? I've, I really like the pub element. Mm. I feel like there's a nice element of being able to go. Shall we go for a drink in my shed? Yeah. Sounds a little it's bit a, creepy. A, I mean, with a group of people, borderline. it wouldn't be sort of first date sort of thing. It's a bit weird, but I thought you would have like a coffee, like in Shoreditch, maybe. No. You love coffee. I do love coffee more than a pub. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do a coffee, coffee pub. Yeah, coffee. coffee yeah, I pub. know you, mate. I just <laughs> no idea what that is. Can I just you say, heard it here first. Look, I've not helped things. You've not helped. This is the most middle class answers we've ever done. It's unbelievable. I've talked about cricket. You've talked about a coffee pub. We need to wrap this up. This has become unbearable. Well, Mine is going to be a cinema den for sure. Like oh, you got the popcorn you've... machine. You have got the slush puppy maker in there. Ever like a big projector, and it's just like well, I mean. It, I want it to be classic Hollywood, but a slush puppy machine doesn't You've, you've really beaten all of us there. Big projectors yeah. play your own videos on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> but 4K, UHD, surround sound proper. Well, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, that wraps up this week's episode of Lower Your Expectations. Thank you very much, Greg, for coming on. Thank you so much. It was a real, it was a real treat. Good luck with the new show. For people who would like to listen, mm. how can they listen? Well, you can listen on Radio 1, on FM, which is 97 to 99 FM when you're in the car. DAB Digital Radio on the BBC app. There's the BBC Sounds app, which you can just listen wherever you are on your phone. If you're yeah. listening right now, 6am, this has just gone up. As soon as this finishes, go over Radio 1 and you'll be catching history you being won't. made. Good point. You've well now done. made me feel nervous. But yes, <laughs> history will be made on Monday. Don't miss it. And make sure you guys uh, continue to give us lovely five-star reviews. Nothing else, please. Yeah, five stars yeah. only, particularly for this. I feel like I've given yeah, five you've stars. You've absolutely nailed it, so yeah. thank you very much. My wife loves Borsan, so if you are listening, Borsan, I would also... <laughs> no, I would really appreciate that. Oh Mate, I can hook you up. <laughs> I'm Mr. Borsan. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, guys. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.